0: agriculture is saskatchewan and 620 ckrm is your source for everything ag welcome to our newly expanded saskatchewan agriculture today sitting in for jim smalley here's ryan mcnally
4: Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Masters. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 individual row metering system. Today on the show, we get a harvest update from the Rosetown area. We also hear from Western Canadian wheat growers and how they've been working with the federal government during COVID-19. And as per usual, farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour.
0: This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Filling in for Jim, here's Ryan McNally.
4: This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking into market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today, 306-642-2378. Combines in Saskatchewan are moving during yet another day of 32. plus degree weather saskatoon reporter neil billinger spoke to jim Wickett, who farms in the rosetown region
5: well you know i think at this time for most of the guys there is a few late crops that a a rain would help but i think at this point i know right in my general vicinity here that uh, the filling is done and just in the final stages of ripening and in fact guys are starting to see combines in the field pretty much in every direction now
6: what is coming off at this point peas,
5: lentils, and barley so far.
6: Have you done any combining yourself?
5: Uh, I just got going last night, actually, on some uh, barley that was uh, drier than I thought it would be.
6: And uh, the state of the crop, did it fill out well? I know it was pretty dry even before this uh, latest heat wave.
5: I'm pretty happy with it. It was on flax stubble, so uh, sometimes with that, that's not the most ideal thing to seed into, but... Uh, you know, I'm reasonably happy with it. Uh, i got no complaints, and and the sample looks really good, so I'm happy with that.
6: Do you think there's going to be a lot of stuff uh, done this week? Uh, people are just going to be uh, charging Ed. I think, yeah,
5: I think there's going to be... Uh, I know there was a lot of spraying done last week in the lentils for desiccating, so I think uh, certainly uh, from now until the weekend, you're going to see uh, a ton of movement, and there's going to be combines going everywhere.
6: Haven't chatted with you in a, a few weeks. Uh, how did uh, those lentils get through that uh, disease period in, in that Rosetown area?
5: Hit and miss. Uh, some fields quite bad. I'm hearing uh, single digit yields in some fields. Other fields it didn't get affected quite as bad. Uh, it's quite a good crop here in over 30 but uh, everybody's got a field that's not very good and it's pretty broadband. So I think the average crop Maybe at best, you know, when you take the good with the bad and mix them together, that's, I think, what we're going to end up with in the lentil crop.
6: Canola, did the heat affect it during that uh, potting and flowering stage?
5: Yeah, I know it was very, uh, very I think, uh, dependent on your seeding date. Uh, the earlier guys, of course, they had a lot more filling done before. Um, you're seeing some of the late stuff getting a pretty lightish color. So I think it's burning up right now and and today certainly not going to help matters.
6: That's a, a general rule the the earlier seeding probably the better in, in hindsight
5: Yeah, I think so I think given this weather I know there's I've seen a few crops around that are some later seeded wheat crops and uh, later seeded mustard crop that you know really really looked good earlier on and that, but now they're needing a the rain right now uh, to get to their top potential and doesn't look like it's uh, coming today.
6: There were some projections uh, back in July about the potential for a really uh, big wheat crop, a potentially bumper. Um, do you think we should be scaling back our expectations from those uh, earlier projections and uh, should our export customers maybe do be doing the same thing?
5: Well, I would think from early July, the expectations have certainly gone down. Uh, you know, this my particular area here is is still looking at a, a good crop. It's not going to be, uh, you know, one for the record books. That's for sure. But uh, it's still going to be above average crop here, by and large. I'm hearing some areas that uh, are still looking. You know, had a had a really big crop, and then there's some other areas that uh, I know some friends up north where they simply had too much rain, and and they don't have a very good crop at all because of that. So it's a hit and miss. You know, certainly for Saskatchewan, it's probably going to be in the in a top ten situation. But uh, you know, our last ten years, we've really uh, set the bar higher pretty much every year. So. There's more potential, but I don't think we're
0: hitting it this year.
4: Jim Wickett farms in the Rosetown area, which is a little more than an, an hour southwest of Saskatoon. Um,
0: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally.
4: This portion of of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Salford Group. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit SalfordGroup.com. There's no question that farming is a very big business these days, and there's also no question that there aren't as many Canadian farmers as there used to be, as younger generations have moved to the city or have decided to choose some other occupation. Calgary's Terry Andrio tweeted not too long ago that he feels it's time to, quote, repersonalize agriculture. Alberta reporter Cheryl Brooks caught up with him to find out what he meant by that and to get a little bit of his background as well.
7: I guess I'm a ruralite from rural Manitoba. I grew up in Manitoba for pretty much three quarters of my life, moved to Alberta about 12 years ago, and really saw the importance of food being the conduit to understanding agriculture and understanding food. And that was really inbred in us when we were young, growing up on a farm, and today, by standards, it'd be called an acreage rather than a farm because it was Really much self-sustaining, but we were taught to eat everything that we grew and killed. So if we, if we raised a pig, we ate everything that the pig produced, including heart and all the organs and tongue and tripe and everything like that. And I think over the last couple of years, it's really been evident that there's been a real separation between the next generation that's coming up and the understanding of where their food comes from. Really, that's what it's about for us. And Everything that the research has been telling us over the last couple of years, most consumers really like the farmer, but really don't understand the farm. So they really applaud John, who is the farmer, but they don't applaud what John's farm stands for and what it does. And I think it's really important for people to get reconnected to understanding how food is grown, why it's grown, and what is grown. Because as you probably know, Cheryl, a lot of the crops that we're growing now in Canada aren't indigenous and aren't ones that originated here. There's stuff like quinoa being con- grown in Canada that never was grown 15 or 20 years ago. So I think for me, is helping to bridge the gap between consumers and farming. That's what my goal is.
1: Now, how can we go about doing that? I mean, the farmers are pretty busy to begin with. Is it a matter of them needing to take some time to do that or how can they reach that goal?
7: That's probably two ways. The easiest way is probably go to a farmer's market and get an opportunity to talk to people who actually grow the product. You know, it's probably the simplest thing. I think the second thing is get in touch with your roots and grow something, whether it's a plant, whether it's a crop, whether it's something like garlic or onion. Just really get exposed to the understanding of what it takes to grow something in your backyard or grow something in volume because i think that's the biggest thing that people don't understand it's how much care and how much nurturing and how much dependence you're on the weather and we know in alberta with these crazy weather patterns that we get usually in june and july and how much hail damage is is costing us and how much too much rain is or the lack of rain and i think the appreciation starts with getting to know some of the farmers at the farmer's market and growing something yourself.
1: The fact that a lot of people have decided to kind of start baking for themselves, start cooking for themselves, and a lot of people have decided to start growing gardens. Do you think that's given us the opportunity at least for some appreciation for it?
7: Absolutely. You know, that's probably one of the, the best things that I've heard come out of COVID. And like yourself, and not saying COVID was a good thing, but I think what it allows us to do is hunker down And spend a little bit more time and I think I've used the references. It's kind of a return to roots right now as as we're seeing as people are. Baking. People are doing stuff like sourdough. Startups are just incredible. People are starting these little gardens in their backyards or being part of a community garden. So I think the other thing that's really is spending time with your family and the resurgence of puzzles and board games has come back also. So as much as we don't appreciate what COVID's done, I think from that aspect, absolutely, you're banged out on show.
4: That's Terry Andrew, a Calgary area agriculture expert on what farming has become in Western
0: Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need
6: it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at school.com.
3: Hey Kara
1: Oosterhouse here with realagriculture.com. I am back here today with another canola school episode and I have here with me Gregory Seklich who is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. So it is now mid-August here and we are looking at scouting for Bertha armyworm. Can you talk a bit about what producers should be looking for when they're going out to their fields?
8: (sighs) Okay, well, even before we go to the fields, the provinces each have pretty fantastic resources um, in association with the Prairie Pest Monitoring Network, uh, which is a blog that I would recommend everybody uh, log into prairiepestmonitoringnetwork.com um, and, and keep an eye on what the local environmental conditions and, and insect uh, risks, probabilities are in your neighborhood. It's 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 comprehensive there is a lot of information that's fantastic uh, but there are uh, prairie-wide monitoring programs aimed at catching birth armor moths throughout the summer to try and predict where the hot spots will be and, and really focus attention on where where scouting is, is more more critical and, 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 and less critical and so I've got the Alberta map uh, open in front of me I'm, I'm an Alberta and British Columbia agronomist. And uh, right around my uh, my house, actually, if if you log in, you'll see a, a pretty dense cluster of elevated risk. Um, so the, the the central and uh, uh, east piece are, are definitely an area where producers are going to want to be going out and and scouting fairly intensively for for these these creatures. They can be extremely catastrophic.
1: So, what does damage actually look like out in the field?
8: The birth Armyworm is a cutworm uh basically it's the the, the same group of, of caterpillars as the uh as all of the other cutworm species they're just a bit of a different life cycle uh and what they're going to be feeding on is the basically all the above ground material of, of canola they, they have a, a huge preference for canola uh, they evolved evidently uh in close proximity to lamb's quarters which is kind of neat the the, the weed but uh, they, they do have an overwhelming preference for canola so they're going to be eating basically all the above ground material and as we get out of out of July and into August and, and later into August we start seeing more and more reproductive material so pods and, and seeds which are obviously very energy dense and that is where the uh, the, the worms will, will concentrate at their feeding and what you'll notice in, in field is it's fairly aggressive bite marks and stripping of all the green material off the pods and stems and a really severe outbreak, actually. And I've seen this uh, just a handful of times, uh, thankfully, over my career. The entire field will actually turn white because the worms, um, uh, as an army worm, will move across the field in in a horde and eat all of the green material and just leave the the white stems, the the, the piss material behind. And so the field actually looks bone white from from the road or, or, or patches of, of the field anyway, where the uh, where the worms were, were heaviest. So that's, that's the kind of damage we're going to be looking for. They are a chewing insect and they're going to be stripping off uh, leaf material initially and then into, into the pods.
1: So when you're going out to your field and you're assessing your damage, uh, what sort of economic thresholds are actually out there for the Bertha armyworm?
8: Well, uh, awesomely, the uh, economic thresholds for Bertha armyworm are, are pretty well-defined in literature. So we have had a number of projects over the years that really did pin down how much damage each insect can do. And it's, so it's, it's very associated with the value of the crop and the cost of control. So we have those charts, uh, like in our canola watch archives and the canola encyclopedia. And, and right now, you know, if your if your cost of uh, of application is, is is of an insecticide, including the damage you're doing with the uh, with the equipment, so um, you know the the equipment going across the field uh, is somewhere is going to be somewhere around like like ten to fifteen dollars an acre, and at you know a a ten to twelve dollar a bushel. Value you would be somewhere in that you know 15 to 18 worms per square meter or so to to justify making that application. Now these things can get extremely uh, voracious when they're in an outbreak situation. So like while the chart and the and the graph has damage and and economics going up to into the 30s, if you look at the chart, basically any field that you're in where you exceed 20 worms per square meter, we're going to want to see you do an insecticide application on there. Um, the, the amount of damage that they can do at that number, like in excess of 20 per square meter, is it almost becomes exponential. So um, while we really advise people to pay attention to the thresholds on the low side, once they're on the high side of that chart, it that 20 is pretty much the hard stop. That's start the engine and uh, and go at that point.
6: This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at
0: realagriculture.com. It's your aggro weather forecast on the source 620 CKRM.
4: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans and brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry Justin or Devon at 352 1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today, almost all of Saskatchewan's currently under a heat warning. The area includes Regina, Saskatoon, Moose Jaw, Weyburn, Estevan, and Swift Current. You can check 620CKRM.com for more details. Sunshine today, the high 30. Clear tonight with a low of 17. Sunshine tomorrow with a high of 34 and a low of 13. A mix of sun and cloud for Thursday with a 60% chance of showers overnight. A high of 32 and a low of 16. Cloudy on Friday with a 60% chance of showers. A high of 26 and a low of 12. Saturday, sunshine with a high of 29 and a low of 12. Sunday, sunshine with a high of 26 and a low of 10. Normal high for this time of year is 24. The normal low is 9. The sun rose this morning at 5.52. The sun will set tonight at 8.12. Currently in Prince Albert and Swift Current, both at 31. Saskatoon and Estevan sitting at 32. Weyburn also at 32. In Yorkton, it's 29. Right now in Moose Jaw, it's mainly sunny and 33. In Regina right now, it's mainly sunny and 32. Thank you.
0: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Ryan McNally. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal
4: Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal's Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com The Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association has a bone to pick with the federal government. President Gunter Chochum says agriculture is a way to lead the Canadian economy out of many challenges caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Yet Ottawa has failed to
2: act. It's funny because agriculture is leading the way, but it the, the federal government sure isn't helping any, right? Uh, it, it's like they're throwing up roadblocks on purpose. You know, the carbon tax is still there, lingering. We're, we're just around the corner to get going harvesting. It looks like we're going to be later this year than last year, at least on my farm. Uh, I got my dry already last year. I didn't have to dry, so the carbon tax wasn't an issue on my farm, but it was for thousands of farmers across, uh, the prairies, especially out in the west. And it could be a problem for me this year. And by, oh, who needs, uh, that added cost, right? I mean, uh, we, we, we can't have that. Right, we're carbon stores, we're carbon sequesters. Our government does not see it that way. Unfortunately, um, it's a it's a big problem. You know, we're we're left holding the bag here. We're trying to work as best as we can uh, in this pandemic, and uh, they are not any help whatsoever.
4: He says the Canadian Green Commission and the Green Act need to be overhauled.
2: The Grain Commission Review and the Canada Grain Act, they, uh, they're in serious need for uh, for reworking, uh, you know, everything there with the Grain Act and the Grain Commission, the way it's set up. It, it all kind of worked when the wheat board was still in charge, but that's gone by the wayside. So we need to keep up with uh, modern times. Uh, grain companies don't use the grain commission uh, they're they're forced to use the grain commission uh any exports or i should say i think it's it works out to about eighty percent of the exports use uh third party uh verifiers or or uh, graders to to uh, make sure that the right grain gets loaded on the vessel that's the right grade and so on and eighty percent of the trade is working that way, and yet the Grain Commission uh, still has to hand out a certificate final at a cost of, what, thirty a ton? There's $130 million of our money sitting at the Grain Commission that the Grain Commission has. Again, it's money out of farmers' pockets. Uh, it's money that doesn't need to flow out out of farmers' pockets to uh, do a redundant job because third-party uh, uh, inspectors are doing it for, like SGS, they're doing it for 30 to 40 cents a ton. So why why are we still being burdened with that extra cost? And you could make an argument, you know what, it's only a thirty a ton. Well, it adds up, doesn't it? $130 million. Like that goes a long way, but uh, you know, the, again, the federal government is using the excuse of the pandemic. Oh, you know, pandemic is on. We can't have any meetings. Well, the, the weak growers and other uh, commissions and industry stakeholders, we've had uh, all kinds of meetings, all spring, uh, zoom meetings, phone meetings, Talking about this, we're ready. We have recommendations for the minister, and yet uh, she and her department are not willing to go ahead and start the process of uh, reforming the Grain Act and the Grain Commission. Uh, We've, uh, we like I said, we've talked to industry stakeholders, and we've tried to talk to commissioners at the Grain Commission. They refuse to talk to us, again, saying their excuse is, well, the government doesn't seem to want to go ahead right at the moment because of the pandemic, so what's the use talking to us? And we're saying, well, let's get the ball rolling. You know, let's talk about what we need, what Canadian farmers need. You know, we're not, uh, the the Uyghurs aren't calling for the, the disbanding of the grain commission no we're, we're calling for a reformation uh so that money isn't wasted
4: we'll have more from gunter Jochem after the break right here on saskatchewan agriculture today right here on 620
0: ckrm this is saskatchewan agriculture today filling in for jim here's ryan mcnally
4: this segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Egg Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth, online for at landforsalesask.ca. We're back with Gunter Jochum from the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. Joachim says that the global trade agreements have hurt the agriculture industry, adding that he says the federal government just doesn't take agriculture seriously.
2: Well, just that their unwillingness to recognize Canadian farmers as a good news story as far as for the Canadian economy, you know, it's uh, we're. We're about the only uh, part of the economy that's still firing on most cylinders through this pandemic. Uh, we have been affected at various times and it's, we're not out of the woods. You know, if, if, uh, any, kind, if any problems uh, occur along the supply chain, we're in big trouble and uh the government is just kind of sitting back and letting it happen and uh and and they're just lying low and it's very very concerning um i i have no faith in our ag minister and our Ag Department in Ottawa.
4: On another note, the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association's 50th anniversary convention is scheduled for Regina in November, but Jochum says they're taking a, quote, wait-and-see approach to that.
2: Well, we're, we're, we're still hoping that uh, it will go ahead uh, in person. Uh, if uh, We will make a decision within the next uh, month or so Uh, right now it honestly the way things unfolding it doesn't look great, but we, we kind of want to keep our fingers crossed that we can make it happen. Uh, if we cannot do it in person, then I believe we will, uh, we will just have to push it off again. Uh, but right now we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed and, uh, you know, hope, hope for the best. We will'll uh, we'll let our members know early enough uh, so that uh, we can either refund the money or uh, you know see see when we when we get to that decision.
4: Gunter Jochum is the president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association.
0: The market updates on the source 620 CKRM. The market update is brought
4: to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. This morning's opening grain prices were relatively steady. The canola was down 10 cents to 4 And number one, red spring wheat was up $0.95 cents to 2 all the rest unchanged. Durham two sixty six thirty nine. Feed barley one sixty six seventy. Flax at five forty eighty five. Lentils at five forty seven fifty. Oats one seventy one eighty two. Yellow peas at two forty four eighty nine. Feed wheat at one sixty six sixteen. Another update is coming up this afternoon at one forty five.
0: It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM.
4: The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574 and brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboine and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers.
3: This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of August 18th. Our last regular sale was on August 5th. The market on butcher cattle has been steady. D1 and D2 cows sold from 85 cents to 94 cents. D3 cows sold from 74 cents to 84 cents. Canner cows sold from 60 cents to 70 cents, and good butcher bulls sold from $1.16 to $1.32. We had a pre-sorted yearling sale here in Weyburn yesterday. Once again, we set the pace for everyone else. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $1.87 and sold up to $2.09. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.95 and sold up to $2.09. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.89 and sold up to two dollars, and steers over 900 pounds averaged a dollar 78 and sold up to a dollar 88. Heifers were about 10 to 15 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 730-pound black steers at 2.08 and a half cents a pound. A load of 800-pound black steers at $1.98 a pound. A load of 900-pound exotic steers at $1.89 and a half cents a pound. And a load of 1,000-pound exotic steers at $1.80 a pound. This has been Stephanie Day reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too.
1: And now the Saskatchewan pork prices. This is the hams market commentary for Tuesday, August 18th. Ham sold 8,200 hogs Monday. Selling in a range of 129 to 161 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7600 head. Selling in a range of 130 to 161 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 17 to 23 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is up and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar is up 25 basis points with a daily exchange rate at 1.3207. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 75.90 cents U.S. U.S. cash reference markets are higher relative to the previous day, with Western Corn Belt, Iowa, Southern Minnesota formula, and both national references up by 7 cents, 96 cents, and 51 cents U.S. weight, respectively. For negotiated regions such as the Western Corn Belt, it doesn't amount to much and merely represents a recovery of sorts, which remains below the higher values that were seen a couple weeks ago. For the formula regions, however, the TAC represents a continuation of a modest trend higher that began in mid-June for National and the end of April for a cutout-adjusted variant. Lean hog futures plunged lower at the open and have given back all the gains seen over the past three sessions. Despite the drop, the trade remains very technical and range-bound. The high scene last Monday was subsequently reversed on Tuesday, and today we see pressure after some support developed last week. All eyes will be on this week's export sales report for clues on direction. But if it is anything like last week's report, modest new commitments from all export partners will not be enough to break out of the current ranges.
4: And coming up, the resource report.
0: I've... This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
4: And now the Resource Report, which is brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win $225,000 in cash or three hundred dollars in combine cash. Ticket info at combinelotto.com. Canada is about to get their first female finance minister. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland is to be sworn in later today following the resignation last night of Bill Morneau. The minister credited with successfully stick-handling talks with renegotiating the new North American free trade deal, will have a big job in managing the COVID-19 recovery. The federal deficit has soared to a projected $343 billion due to programs to cushion the impact of the pandemic, but more than 40% of the 3 million workers who lost their jobs were still unemployed as of mid-July. Rod Graham is stepping down as the co-chief executive and president of Modular Solutions at Horizon North Logistics. The company says his co-CEO, John McEuch, will become Horizon North's sole chief executive. He will also continue as president of the facilities management business at the company that also provides worker housing in remote locations and modular building solutions. Graham will remain at the company for up to 90 days to ensure a smooth transition and will also continue as a director until the next annual meeting. On the markets, the TSX Composite Index was down 65 points to 16,591. In New York, the Dow Jones was down 71 points at 27,700. Oil was down 40 cents at 42.77 U.S. per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is up 19 hundredths of a cent to 75.91 cents U.S. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an Agri News report at 345. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri News report at 645. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Ryan.